Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 537. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. Hey, what's been going on with you? Hey, we just had Canada Canada Day. July 1st was Saturday. It was a wonderful day. We got to celebrate the um, Dominion, the creation of the Dominion of Canada. Uh, cool thing, uh, what did 1967 was the centennial year, so, you know, do some math. It's too hard for me. Uh, 40, 60, 156 years or something like that. Anyhow, that was kind of cool. They had a parade up the road here at at one of the towns. I brought my little race car, got to drive around in it. Uh, It was, my race car is really fast. It likes to go fast. Parades are not good for it, okay? Driving around, putzing around. It's an air-cooled engine, not good. Uh, It overheated on me. I had to cut out of the parade early. It was very bad. Anyhow, um... Had fun, looked cool, uh, everything was good. And then July 4th, which was, I guess, yesterday, that was the American Independence Day where they uh, declared themselves independent from who them, them other guys, uh, the British, uh, 1776, so we're 250 years for them, 244 years, something like that. Anyhow, uh, good for them. Uh, hope everybody had a great time. Now, here's a bad thing, and I'm, I'm going to do this with uh, as, as much dignity as I can. Uh, uh, July 27th, uh, we lost Andrew Big Hill, uh, Adam's father, Andy. Uh, I, I've talked with Andy numerous times online. Uh, when, when Adam was with BC, uh, we were regularly talking once a week or more. And uh, even after he went to Winnipeg, Andy and I were still friends and keep talking. And he, I still got along with Adam, although he, we got a little pissy a couple of times. But that's beside the point. Um, yeah, no, I got really got along really well with Andy. And unfortunately, he passed away suddenly. It was unexpected. Uh, I don't know what happened. It's not relevant to us. It's uh, it's only a, it's a family matter. And uh, it's a very sad day. It, he was a very nice man, a very very gentle man. And uh, I'm very saddened, saddened that I lost this friend, sort of, you know, online friend. But it's still the same. Uh, it's, it still affects people. And uh, it affects the Big Hill family greatly. And uh, thoughts and prayers are out to uh, Adam and the, the entire family, the, the entire Big Hill family. And down, down by Seattle, Ever- Everston, Everston, I think he is, somewhere in there. Uh, anyhow, um, yeah, that's uh, kind of sad. So uh, I don't have anything to rant about. Um, there was an article about um, – no, I think that was last week. We already talked about that. We could talk about it forever, about the commissioner being an idiot and uh, being successful at being an idiot. So anyhow, we're not going to do that. There were some things on last week's agenda that we were going to move forward. Uh, we didn't get to them uh, last week, and 
I don't see him on the agenda, so maybe we'll just scroll back up afterwards and see what we can find. Uh, I'm going to open up the mics now and say hello to the boys. I opened all the mics up. And uh, Charles, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Uh, good morning. I'm doing well. Uh, in very warm Abbotsford today, about 35 degrees. So we got all yeah. of our fans going, but uh, we're doing well. Yeah, it's warm everywhere. We're, we're, we just got another fire ban issued today that uh, campfires are now gone again on Friday. We had them back because we had some oh, rain, wow. but now uh, they're gone again as of Friday. No campfires, no, no outdoor burning at all of any kind. And that's a good thing because, you know, we don't want to start wildfires and put people, property, lives, animals at risk. That's not what we want to do. We don't want to tucker out our firefighters because we're, they're needed for the bad ones. Okay, so anyhow, uh, yeah, it, it, I was off in Lumbee, which is uh, east of Vernon today, picked up a load of hay, and uh, it was hot over there, 34, 35 degrees going through the Okanagan. So, yeah, well, shit happens. William, welcome to the show, my friend. How is Calgary? Did you, what do you mean uh, it's bad? Did you get... what, do you mean it's, what do you mean it's warm everywhere? I was in, I was not in warm Edmonton in Calgary? on the... I, I was in Edmonton on the weekend, and Friday night was an absolutely gorgeous night. I got up Saturday morning. It was nine. Did you hear what I said? Nine. And it yeah, rained. Nine. It's, it ra- rained yeah. for the next three days continuous. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's cold, it's yeah, cold here. We've been... We've been in the mid to high 20s for the last week or so, but it's, uh, you know, 7, 8, 9 in the morning. Uh, the, a friend of ours, uh, Ryan, I don't know what his last name is. Anyhow, he's a friend of my, my son-in-law's. He's in the bush up in uh, Fort St. James. Oh, uh, sorry, Burns Lake area. And they got uh, kicked out of the bush for fire hazards. The next day, it was two degrees and snowed. So we're de- yeah. dealing with some weird weather, that, that's for sure. Uh, you, you missed yeah. the tornado down in Calgary, Digsbury or whatever it is. Dins, Dins, Dinsbury, um, yes, 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 yes. Dinsbury. Yeah. Was, I, was there I any saw, damage? I saw it. It was, it was pretty good, big oh, on the ground, but uh, no, no, it, no, was no, there, there devastation? Was, I didn't see. There was cows with two-by-four sticking out of them. Um, one lady, one lady, and I guess she owns a farm or whatever, she said she watched her horses fly away. So yeah, there was lots of damage. There was lots oh, of damage. I'm sorry apparently, to hear that. Apparently the worst tornado in Alberta history. So Yeah. So let's do the mortality posted. Pardon me? Yeah, I saw that. And I saw saw a bunch of them on, on TikTok. Was there any uh human fatalities? I don't know. I don't think so. I think if I we really would have heard didn't... about it more than that, but I would have yeah, think there, so, was yeah. of, there was lots of animal fatalities apparently. So, which yeah, well that's that's sad. Just as bad. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But yeah, no, uh, everything's good here, and I can complain about the cold weather. And next week, I'm sure I'll be complaining about 543 in Las Vegas, as I yeah, that's, that's next my, week. As yeah. I sit on my lounge chair by the pool, so. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sounds like fun. Till midnight or something because mm-hmm. it's still hot even at midnight. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, that's yeah, only like 92. Off it. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyhow, we'll see what happens. Uh, what's going on? Rudy, Rudy, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Good. Just enjoying my first few days of uh, summer holidays, so I'm going to go do some golfing tomorrow, and the weather is actually cooled down a bit. It was like a 100 all weekend, so you can enjoy some nice 23-degree weather, and I think the game on Friday is supposed to be 25, so that should be a nice should be a nice night for football on Friday. So looking forward to that. And, yep. uh, should be a good game. So oh, good game until okay. comes to Winnipeg. Yeah, it's good. Ready to roll. Okay, so shall we dive right into football here? Because that's what we're going to do. Let's not waste too much okay. time here. We had only three games over the weekend. Uh, there was a couple of really tough games to call, or at least one really tough game to call. And the other two were, oh, well, what the hell. Um, anyhow, the first game up was the Edmonton Elks traveled east to, uh, what is that place called now? It's Lansdowne Park. Ottawa? Uh, oh. it, the town is Ottawa. I'm trying to think of the park. Uh, Lansdowne Park. Judy and then the facility... TD Place, but there's a name for the stadium, too. Uh, Frank, I thought Frank the stadium Claire was stadium. TD Place. Oh, Frank Clare no, Stadium. Frank, no, Frank, Frank, Frank Clare Stadium and the TD Place Field in, in Lansdowne okay. Park. So the, there's a big park like Stanley Park or, you know, a, a big big area, and then there's a stadium inside it. Like it, it was at the P&E. And then there's Empire Stadium, and then there's Empire Field, or whatever you want to call it after that. Okay, so anyhow, yeah, that's uh, enough of that shit. Okay, so Edmonton-Ottawa game. This was a uh, surprise for me. I actually thought Edmonton was going to actually win the game and perform well and play well and turn the corner and become a real football team and let's uh, onward and upward in the season. And they literally shit the bed. They played the worst team in the CFL and got spanked. So I think the, you know, worst team in the CFL thing just, it, it, it's hard to call it Ottawa or Hamilton. It's definitely got to be Edmonton now. I, you know, my optimism has waned on, on this team. I, I really thought that Chris Jones could turn it around, and, and I still think he might. We are only week four, but uh, damn, they look terrible. All aspects of the football game, there was just nothing good about it. I mean, when they got beat, who did they play and they got beat and it was close? Was that Winnipeg? Or Saskatchewan or somebody they played. And it was Saskatchewan. It was a relatively good game. Edmonton played a good football game. They didn't do that here. This was awful. This was beyond awful. It, it, uh, there was no redeeming features. And, and you know, you, you would think that once they get past all of this, now we're going to talk about Taylor Cornelius later. Uh, so I'm not going to bring that up now. But it, 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 I watched this game, and it was there was nothing for me to tell you about. There was no real 
nice highlights. Uh, the, the Ottawa quarterback played a decent game. It was respectable. Ottawa played well. But it, it didn't take much for them to win. Edmonton just absolutely sucked. It was a low-scoring game. It was a terrible game. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm done. Uh, Charles, talk about this one. There was a period there for a while where I actually thought Edmonton was going to get shut out again because they didn't look yeah. dangerous. They couldn't move the ball to save their life. Now, they did end up scoring a late touchdown. They missed a two-point convert, and I believe they got a single in the fourth quarter. But they were back. And then they got a the week before against, The week before against Toronto, they actually put up some points, and they scored some points, the offense. And you started to think that maybe they were starting to get somewhere. And then they come back and they lay an egg. Um, I got to tell you, I mean, at 0-4, if you look at the record, you got to start wondering, are they going to uh, look at uh, maybe making a change with Chris Jones? I mean, you look at his record since he took over as coach, He's 4-22. and 22. And I know we can say that he took over a crappy team and stuff, but you would think here by this point in his second season, you're gonna, you would start to see at least some signs of the team improving. They look like they're getting worse. They were shut out by BC. They scored only seven against a lowly Ottawa team that hadn't won a game before. Something's not right with that team. Well, I know what's not right with that team. They don't have a freaking quarterback. Dodge is the answer, and now they're going. They're going back to what's his face, uh, Taylor Cornelius, this week. Uh, that's not the answer. That guy's not any good. Um, so it, it's just a disaster right now in Edmonton. I don't know who, if they got beaten that badly by Ottawa. I don't know who they're going to beat this year. I don't see them beating anybody at this point. Because if they're getting crushed by Ottawa, what are they going to go to next? I mean, who, who, are, they going to, who are they going to go beat? Because Ottawa was about as low down as they can get. Maybe Hamilton, because they don't have a quarterback either. But, I mean, right now it's just a disaster in Edmonton. I'm going to feel good for Bob Dice. He finally got his uh, his win as Ottawa co-chair to open the season. Um, yeah, so I'm actually glad to see that they got that. And Ottawa, they give them some credit. They went out and took care of what they needed to take care of. Of course, what happens? They win, and then their quarterback turns his ACL, the quarterback that won the game for them. So, Thanks uh, a lot there, Ottawa, I'm probably thinking. But, geez, it was an embarrassing loss for uh, the Elks. So I don't know where they go from here because they're desperately trying to find uh, um, a quarterback and they're not getting it somewhere. Maybe they are going to have to, like, open up the vault to try and get Dane Evans out of BC, although there might be a reason that BC might want to hold Dane Evans. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, Edmonton in a, in a heap of trouble, and um, uh, at least a good thing, something final, something good finally happened to Ottawa. We, could, we talk all about Edmonton's home losing streak. Well, Ottawa had the second home, longest home losing streak, but they finally 
end up breaking that last week. So good for them. And finally, good for something for the Ottawa fans to cheer about because they've been relatively loyal. I mean, with all the losing, they're still getting more than 20000 a game in their stadium. So it's good that their loyalty got uh, got um, finally rewarded. So good on Ottawa, and Edmonton is just a mess. They, Edmonton is a mess. Uh, next week, Ottawa plays Hamilton. Okay? The week after that, this week coming Hamilton, up. Yeah. This week coming up, Ottawa is in Hamilton. Yeah. And, you know, auto, and they, Jeremiah Mazzoli is supposed to play, which I don't know how good that's going to be. But anyhow, he's going to mm-hmm. uh, be playing in Hamilton. And then the week after that, Hamilton is in Edmonton. Oh, boy. This has to be the last well, good opportunity for Edmonton to break the, the, win, the, the home losing streak, right? This is going to be their yeah. best opportunity to do that. Because after that, Edmonton plays BC at home. Winnipeg at home, uh, then back to Ottawa at home. So, you know, they, they, got, they have to do something. They have to do something and do it soon. Sad state of affairs. And I know William, who it does not like the Edmonton Elks or the Edmonton Eskimos or the Edmonton football team at all, but he's got to feel some sympathy here for this poor team. William, what do you got to say about this game? Well, Number one, I didn't watch the game. It was uh, I was in Edmonton, but I was at a golf course, so I couldn't watch the game. Um, I uh, they're just terrible. But I I still once again, guy, it's week four. You can't give up on anybody. You just cannot Agreed. do it. Okay, well, and I still think uh, I still think. If they gave Taylor Cornelius a contract to be the starter, I still think they see something in him. Okay, so, and they're giving him the start again. Maybe, maybe he's not getting the right coaching. Maybe he's not seeing things right. Maybe it's all going to click one of these days. Maybe it's Trey Ford that they should put behind center. Well, and I have said that, but he's still listed as their number three quarterback. So, once again, Chris Jones does not like Canadians. He never has. He never will. So, who knows? Who knows? But I guess they have to win sometime. And I, I... and maybe maybe there's a kind of team that rise to the occasion. So maybe they'll play better against uh, Winnipeg and BC. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Right? You never know. But that's why they got to play. I, you know, I don't mind it. I don't mind a team losing as long as they do it with style. You know what I mean? And I yeah. so the Winnipeg. The Winnipeg-BC game, Winnipeg didn't lose with style. They just got mollywopped. The BC-Toronto, BC didn't lose with style. It was a terrible game, right? Um, It wasn't wasn't jumping up and down wonderful. And as far as your question goes, if if I feel for Edmonton, it helps the CFL for Edmonton to win but I'd be happy if they lose every fucking game for the rest of my life. How does that sound? That's how much I like Edmonton. So there you go. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, no, I understand that. that but, you know, you, you have to feel for the fans. I mean, they, 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 no, this is an absolute brutal mess. People in, people in Edmonton suck, asshole. Sorry. Did I say that out loud? Whoops. Sorry. That was you, my you shout-out to Ronda. You did. That was my shout-out to Rhonda Hopi. Okay? Uh, you can dress him up, but you can't take him anywhere. That's okay, right. uh, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Talk about this thing. This, this. <laughs> well, it was dumpster fire. But uh, I find Edmonton at this point just start Cornelius. Why he's starting someone new? And I mean, against Ottawa, like get a quarterback in there that's familiar with the offense, that's taking reps. At least you have a fighting chance. Nothing they were going to win, but I mean, there's a game they could have maybe had. I mean, if you're going into Winnipeg or BC, then yeah, whatever. Throw the throw a kid in for a court for the first half and see how it goes and give him some rest. But that was a winnable game for them, and they I don't, I don't think Chris Jones had the right decision at quarterback. But and now this week they're going back to Cornelius, so who knows where his head's at? I mean, is he gonna is he gonna get yanked after a quarter? Like who knows? So that's. I don't think Chris Jones is doing any of his quarterbacks any favors, and he's going to start switching quarterbacks. And uh, and Ottawa, good for them. And if they can win again this week, I mean, that'll, uh, you know, I think that'll be a good start to their season, and they need that desperately because they've had, you know, three horrific seasons in a row. So they need, they need some momentum because those fans aren't going to hang around forever. They've done a great job hanging in, but you got to start winning sometime. So, and uh, for Edmonton, yeah, good luck. Good luck this week. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is in Edmonton. I, I really don't. I, I, but they need a quarterback. Charles said it point blank. They need a quarterback. I don't think Chris Jones is the problem. I, I'm just not sure that he's the solution at this point in time. I, and, and I think we touched on this before. He needs to have a good defensive coordinator, a good offensive coordinator. He needs to delegate those positions to people. And I, I honestly believe he needs a general manager. He is an amazing wow. coach. He's an amazing, amazing defensive coach. I, I just think he's wearing too much, too many hats. He's too overwhelmed. I think. And I think. He, it, yeah. But I think he's hitched his. Uh, I think he's hitched his uh, his horse to a quarterback that might not be that good. Yeah, I think I have a feeling that I think he's waiting for Cornelius you, to break out. Saw something in him, and it's uh, it's not happening. So I, I mean, you can't wait much longer. Uh, you got to make a trade or something. But uh, and that's happened in Winnipeg. Trust me. Over the twenty nine years of us losing. Fuck, we, we had some quarterbacks that, you know, coaches thought this was going to be the guy, this is going to be the guy. And it, was, it was like a, a list of just a bunch of nobodies. So, I uh, I mean, you know, they're, no, they're, 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 I, I, I would entertain a trade with BC for Taylor Cornelius and the, the next three years of number one draft picks or something like that. It's a, a good draft day trade. Uh but you know, hey, I, not that I really Does think Chris the Jones draft picks pancake. are important. <laughs> pancake eating motherfucker. <laughs> you know, further, the further, only, the only further way that teams, that line, 
further to Charles' point, they're not—they're not gonna—they're not, not gonna fire Chris Jones because of the management cap. They're stuck with him. Okay. Oh yeah, they're I know stuck they are. with him. That's—that's that's the biggest hindrance. I agree. That's a huge hindrance. And so maybe that's why he's doing what he does because he knows he can't get fired. Not this year, anyways. Or probably, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, NFL outbound uh, again. Not like they're mm-hmm. I mean, Don Don Matthews, mm-hmm. arguably one of the best coaches in the history of the CFL. Okay, when Chris Jones was working for him, I believe it was in Montreal. Don Matthews said to him, don't ever coach a team that doesn't have a quarterback. Fabulous advice. He didn't follow it. Nope. He needs a quarterback. He 100% needs a quarterback. And, And the league is so short of quarterbacks right now that I don't know where he's going to find one. I honestly don't know. It's a sad state of affairs. Anyhow, final score in this game was Ottawa Red Blacks 26, Edmonton Elks 7. They scored a touchdown. They missed the two-point conversion. They got a rouge. Okay, so, Charles, you took Edmonton. You scored eight points. William, you picked the Ottawa Red Blacks. You got 112. Good job, buddy. Uh, CJ took Edmonton. I got 24 points. I was closest to the score, but Rudy, you went with Edmonton and you got zero, zero points total. Just nothing there. Okay, uh, the second game in week four was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They went over to Montreal to play the Alouettes, and this was an absolute snooze fest. I, it, it, I don't know how it could have got more boring. Uh, Winnipeg didn't play any better in this game than in the game that BC beat them. They didn't. They just did not play any better. The only difference was the caliber of their opponent. Winnipeg has not been the dominant self that they have been in the last couple of three weeks. We're only four weeks in. But they didn't come out in such a dominating fashion as they have in the past. And it's a real challenge for me because I know they're capable of it. They're just not doing it. Yeah, they're winning games. No doubt about it. They're 3-1, and one, second best, of, best of, in the league, right? BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto all have three wins. Toronto just doesn't have that one loss. So, you know, top of the league, no doubt about it. They are, they are definitely a, a team to be reckoned with. But they're just they've something about them this year because usually they come out they're four and oh five and oh whatever they're tearing the league apart they're making everybody look foolish and silly then they make themselves into the playoffs and then they start losing games uh, not this year not this year they're 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 not the powerhouse they once were in my opinion. They're still winning games. They're still winning football games. But the caliber of football this season in this league is not there. 
not even close. It, it, it's not, not good quality football. Very rare have we ever have we had the luxury of saying, man, that was an amazing game. We just haven't had it. William, Winnipeg. No, actually, Rudy. I'm going to let Rudy go first here. Rudy, you go with your team, Winnipeg. Play in Montreal, um, in Montreal. Well, I think there are some there are some mitigating factors. Uh, the the weather was horrendous. The two hour rain delay. So I mean that's kind of a t- kind of a tough one on the players. So I mean those games are never pretty. And I Winnipeg, I thought that their defense looked a little bit more energetic. I mean they they were hungrier. Now I mean they didn't have to go up against BC's BC's front, but. I mean, they were never, they were never, I was never worried in that game watching it that they controlled that game from the outset. And I mean, I think if you had good weather, that game's 30, 35, 10. So, I mean, I mean, this weekend will give us a better, a better sense of where Winnipeg's really at. They come out and blow out Calgary, then I think they'll be, everything will be fine. If now, if Calgary comes in and wins, it's, then that'll be, uh, Winnipeg will have a lot of fixing to do, so I'm not I'm not worried yet. Like, uh, I mean, it, to me, it's still almost preseason. Uh, to me, the first game of the season is actually this starting this weekend, and uh, I think this is when you're going to see teams starting to to really separate themselves, which is not good news for the Edmontons and Ottawa's of the of the CFL. So, but yeah, jury's still out. Yeah, it, it, it's just usually you're right. The first four games of the year, actually usually the first two for sure, are definitely like late preseason games. But for the last three seasons, Winnipeg has come out and dominated those games because they were a well-oiled machine and everybody else was trying to find their groove and Winnipeg was there and, and, and walking forward. And uh, it, it's not quite that way this year. They're looking more, I don't want to use the word mediocre, I don't want to use the word mainstream, but they're kind of looking ordinary. But you know what, that's that's the ticket in the CFL. You want to be ordinary in the first 16 games, and then you turn it on in the playoffs or the last two games. I agree, 100% agree, (laughs) but it's not their modi. That hasn't been the Bombers, though, the last few years. They've dominated from start to finish. I don't want. I don't want to see them go sixteen and two. I don't want to have to put up with that. And then you watch the first playoff game, and it's like it's a different team on the field. I mean, look at the two thousand twenty one playoffs. I mean, they they won that Great Cup by I wouldn't say luck, but they had some fortunate breaks. They were lucky in the in the West Final in two thousand twenty one. They had five turnovers in the first half. And Saskatchewan had a quarterback. Saskatchewan wins that that West Final easily in Winnipeg. Well, our defense played well too, yeah. but. So, I mean, Winnipeg, it's hard. You, you, you peak too early, and it's like, I don't know, teams get stale. And now this year, I think Toronto's going to find that. They're going to have two months of, of meaningless football coming up. They're going to have the East clinched by Labor Day, and I don't know what they're going to do with their, their, their spare time. Like, I don't, and it's good. I hope they I hope they go 18-0 and then come to the playoffs. And you mean they don't have the East clinched already? I was <laughs> going to say, do. I think they have the East clinched already. They're 3-0. and Okay. Put the wide right three wins. Put, put, put the Nobody else in the East has two wins. The only thing I will say about Winnipeg is they did have Jackson Jeffcoat back. And when that guy's healthy, he is 
he, he's a force out there. So that's uh, good to see him healthy. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. William, come on in, William. Talk about this football well, game. Sorry, I didn't watch this football game. <laughs> I was in Edmonton. I was in Edmonton. Did you and, watch and the apparently, games this weekend? Apparently, I'm lucky I didn't watch this football game. Um, but, okay, yeah. so I'm thinking maybe the Bombers are trying to pace themselves for exactly the reasons Rudy's talking about, okay, because how many years did I see Calgary storm through the season they got to the Grey Cup and lost two in a row, Okay. So, and the other thing is they were in Montreal, so they were probably all drunk at the game, okay? Just saying. <laughs> 2000, 2001 comes back to haunt you, okay? Yeah. But yeah. They're, they're a good enough team, and they're playing a shitty enough team that they won, okay? So, I mean, hey, what are you going to do? That, that's, what, I mean, that's basically what I said. If it, Winnipeg didn't play better. Let's face it. Zach Hilaris is the best quarterback in the CFL by fucking leaps and bounds this season only because there is nobody else. No. Well, you know, I, I, I totally, 100% agree with you to a point. If you look at the stats, quarterback I don't stats care right about, across the I board. I don't care about stats. I don't care about stats. I know, you care about wins. Care well, about no, wins. I care about... I care about the guy you're going to argue with me about through six picks on fucking Sunday, okay? So he's not even in the conversation yeah, no, anymore. Okay? No, it was, it was absolutely he, – he, he's leading in every Q, QB category, including especially interceptions. Like, I mean, everybody's got like one and two in the season. He's got has, – has he, has he ever played for Toronto? Has he ever been in Toronto? Vernon Adams? No. No, no, okay. no, I don't so I think thought so. for a minute I thought for a minute Hamilton, there he thought Hamilton. he was playing for Toronto or something. Okay, and that's why he threw the ball to those guys. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Winnipeg game. Winnipeg won. Good for them. Yeah. Charles. I was expecting Winnipeg. I was fully expecting Winnipeg to dominate this game, and that just simply wasn't what happened. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, look, a lot of people have been talking about the the, the, um, defense of the Montreal Alouettes is actually a pretty good defense. Maybe they are. I mean, they they held the Bombers to 17 points. It's rare that the Bombers score just 23 points over the span of two games, but that's all they've scored in their last two games. The Bombers' defense certainly stepped up, but then again, they were playing Cody Fajardo. So that's not exactly um, uh, high praise to shut Cody Fajardo down. Um, This team, uh, the Bombers, I mean, I'm going to kind of disagree with you. I think they were definitely better than they were against BC, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because they were literally dreadful in that game. Uh, but uh, you know what? The Bombers didn't beat them as badly. I think most people would expect uh, the Bombers to win by more. A 17-3 to win. If they were playing a competent team, maybe they don't win that game. But, I mean, they're not the dominant team we've seen over the past three years. And, I mean, you're going to get that. I mean, teams don't uh, – you, you are going to take a step back eventually. That's just, uh, uh, tep- just kind of typical. So, 
we'll see if the Bombers can start improving. But what Rudy said is right. You don't want to be uh, guns blazing right from week one because then you uh, get so far ahead, the rest of the season becomes meaningless, and you can't turn the, the light switch on in the playoffs. Ask the Calgary Stampeders of the early early 90s. See how that worked out well for them. So, uh, but good for the Bombers. They won. They got back into the win column. Uh, Montreal was, well, Montreal, I'm, I'm, I don't expect much from them, and I didn't get much from them. So they won the game, so uh, good on the Bombers, and uh, hopefully Montreal lays another egg uh, on Sunday. Yeah, wishful thinking? No. Uh, yeah, well, so well, just we'll a see. second here. I mean, yeah, I know. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so um, I have – a bit of a bitch here before we get into this next game. It's actually part of the next game. Uh, no, I'm going to leave this bitch for a little bit, and then we're going to talk about it in a minute. Okay. Um, so the final score there was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 17, the Montreal Alouettes 3. So with the six, like Charles said, the six points that Winnipeg scored against BC and the 17 against Montreal, they've only got 23 points in the last two games. That's not a typical Winnipeg game. Uh, Montreal, three points. My God. And they were lucky and very fortunate to get those three. Final score was, uh, total points, sorry, was 20. Uh, everybody picked Winnipeg to win. Oh, sorry. Will took Montreal. Okay, so Charles took uh, Winnipeg, uh, no extra score. Will, you took Montreal, you got zeros. CJ picked Winnipeg and got 100. And Rudy picked Winnipeg and got 100 because the score was so far off. It was so low, nobody predicted that. Everybody had up in the 45s and 50s, and and it was 20. So that was just a no-brainer, no good game. BC Toronto. Yeah, this game was in um, BMO Field in Toronto. I, you know, some people say that there was a good crowd. I don't didn't hear what the announced crowd was. Other people says that the the stadium just, was fucking empty. I, I don't just really over care. Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. That that's that's sad, but okay, so be it. Far for the um, course for Toronto. It is. Toronto played a, a good game. Okay? I'm not taking anything away from the Toronto Argonauts. They played a good game. They rushed for 100 yards. I expected them to rush for 100 yards. Uh, BC is there. If, if they've got a weak point on the defense, it's definitely the run defense. Toronto's got a strong point on the offense. It's the running game. So when those two meet, you expect Toronto to be able to run the ball on BC, and they did. They got 100 yards. Not overly, not a lot, but it's 100 yards, and a 100-yard rushing game is fairly decent. Uh, a 300, 400-yard passing game would be pretty good. They only got 250 yards passing. Their, deep, their total offense was BC beat them in total offense by over 120 yards, I believe it was. Where was the big turning point in this game? There was many of them. Every time Vernon Adams threw the ball, you went, oh, no, really? 
And sometimes BC caught it, sometimes Toronto caught it. I think Toronto caught it more times than BC. I'm not sure. I didn't really look at the stats. But it was like he threw it to places that BC didn't even have a receiver anywhere near it. The guy in Toronto, one guy in Toronto, it hit him in the chest. He was so surprised it missed it. It bounced up in the air, and his neighbor picked it up and ran it back. Okay? So it was like, oh, my God. Everybody was shocked by this one. Vernon Adams threw six picks in one game. Why do you leave a quarterback in there when he's thrown six picks? Two is a little bit much. Three, I would start to question it. Throws the fourth pick, yank his chain out of there. He's obviously having a bad game. You don't need him to work through this game. He's just going to throw it away anyhow. It's gone beyond him. So get him out of there. Get Dane Evans some practice time and, and, and carry on. But no, leave him in there to the bitter end. Six fucking picks. How, how does that happen? There's quarterbacks that don't have that many picks in the entire season. Vernon Adams did it in one game. He's eight picks on the season so far, six of them in this one game. I literally, I, honestly, I turned the game off. I, I was so disgusted, and I never do that. I never turn off the game. And I'll never leave a stadium early because those players, win or lose, they, they deserve you. They, they earned the right for you to stay to the end. But – I just shut my iPad down. I couldn't watch it anymore. I was so angry. I was so mad. I was kind of like doing a will. I would have thrown something in my TV if I had a TV. It was a god-awful game for the BC Lions. It was a very respectable game for the Toronto Argonauts. It was a game that Toronto shouldn't have won and wouldn't have won. If I can do that Homer shit all I want. Um, But in, in reality... BC did not play a bad game of football. Their quarterback did. Now, offensive line wasn't great. He did. He was under pressure a lot of the game. You can't say the BC defense was bad because they were constantly. Toronto was starting on the BC 30-yard line. How? 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 You can't stop them when that happens. Four out of the six plays were in the B, uh, Four out of the six interceptions put the ball in the B.C. side of center. Four of them. The automatic field goal range. How is that even possible? This, this guy's a professional football player. How does this happen? Charles. Oh, Matthew Betts. God. Uh, Matthew Betts. Matthew Betts. I like Matthew Betts had another strong game, two more sacks. He now leads the CFL with seven. Oh, it had gotten yeah. so embarrassing by the end. Uh, it, it just got to the point where every time he went back to throw, you got scared because you didn't know which team was going to get it. Uh, is there nope. such a thing as temporary uh, color blindness? Because some of these picks he threw, it wasn't just that he threw and he missed his receiver or overthrew some of the picks. There was no BC player anywhere near the ball, which I didn't get. No. He threw it, and the only guy there was a Toronto guy. I know, I'm not sure who he was trying to throw it to. It looked like he was trying to throw it right to him because it was ridiculous. Um, and I don't want to come down too hard on Vernon Adams because 
I think through the first three weeks, he's been great. He even showed really good, I mean, plays in the Toronto game. He threw for almost 400 yards. Uh, if you add on the interception yards, he would have been near 600. Uh, but um, <laughs> it just um, it, it just got embarrassing by the end. And I'm with you, after the fourth pick, it should have been Dane Evans going in there. Why he was still in there, I mean, I suppose um, Rick Campbell was trying to get him to work through it. But there are some points where you have to say, you know what, this ain't working tonight. Let's try something else. And I think that was one of those points. Uh, it was clear that Vernon Adams was not having a good game, and it was clear that he was getting rattled. So there was no point in him being in that game. They should have yanked him. They should have put um, uh, Dane Evans Dan back Evans. in and let him finish out the game. I mean, uh, the defense, yeah, they gave up more, a lot more points, but like you said, Toronto was starting a ball like well into BC territory. And so, I mean, you got to, yeah, I know that you want the defense, but there's a limit to that. Plus, they were on the field too often because they kept giving the ball to uh, Toronto uh, when they should have had the ball. But uh, it was a bad game. And it started out so good, too, because forget the Lions had a 7 nothing lead. They got off to a good start. The punt return happened, yeah. a great punt return, by the way. And that just kind of turned the tide. And Toronto kind of took over. And I guess uh, Vernon Adams wanted to ride the Toronto momentum because he's like, here, have the ball. And let's see your offense to do it. Chad Kelly played well again, but, I mean, he was kind of given a gift of short field most of the night. So uh, why wouldn't he play well? But, um, yeah, it was a bad, really bad game. Six interceptions. I don't remember the last time I've seen that. Uh, this is one the Lions got to regroup, forget about, and move on to the next game because living through that again, there's no point to it because it's not going to bring up anything good. So I think uh, they got to, like I said, forget about this and move on because remembering that's not going to do any good. I'm trying to forget it myself. Where's my six-pack of Corona? Anyways, um, yeah, no, bad game for the Lions. Obviously, they're worse than the season. They're still 3-1, and one, still tied for first. Now is where we've got to see how the Lions respond to this. Do they turn it around against Montreal this weekend? We'll find out. This game reminded me a lot of that first game against Winnipeg last season where they got the kickoff return for a touchdown, and then they picked off uh, Nathan Rourke for a touchdown, then they picked off Nathan Rourke for a touchdown, spotted him 21 points in the first five, minute, five minutes, ten minutes of the game. Yeah. And then BC fought back and literally would have won that game if those 21 points weren't there. I, I, it was a good game between Winnipeg and BC for the rest of the game. The first ten minutes was stupid. Uh, this game looked, was similar to that where – you know, they got that punt return touchdown, and then they got an interception back to the 30-yard line. They punched it in, and now it's 14-7. to And I'm going, fuck, is this going to happen again? And it got worse. It just kept getting worse. Do you remember the movie The Replacements? Right? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Right? Keanu Reeves was in it. 
Yep. And uh, Gene Hackman was in there, and he's doing a player meeting, and he says, what are you guys afraid of? And somebody said, spiders, man, I'm afraid of spiders. Yeah, and everybody was afraid of spiders. Anyhow, it wasn't what they were talking about. And then Keanu Reeves pipes up, and he goes, quicksand. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, man, that's nasty stuff. I hate it. You just fall, sink right through it. And he goes, Coach Gene Hackman goes, no, 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 that's not what he's talking about. It doesn't matter what you do. The more you move, the further you sink and sink and sink. Vernon Adams was in quicksand in that game without question. Everything he did made it worse. He shouldn't have been in the game. Rudy, talk some football. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think after the third quarter, that should have been it for uh, VA. And uh, it was obvious he was frustrated. He was discombobulated out there. He had no clue what Toronto was doing uh, defensively. And that's kind of alarming that a veteran quarterback would be that that out of his depth in a, in his seventh season. But you know what? Everybody's, everybody has a bad game. Hopefully he... Uh, you know, the league needs good quarterbacking, so hopefully he kind of just forgets that game and sticks to maybe one or two picks a game is his usual average. But uh, I think they'll bounce back this week. And uh, and you have to give Toronto some credit. You know what? That defense is the one that, you know, uh, kept the Bombers from winning their third great cup. It wasn't mm-hmm. That's MVP. True. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Chad Kelly it was that defense that bothered Zach Claros all game and disrupted the Winnipeg's offense and, and got and pressured him all day. So, and you know what? They also, Winnipeg didn't get many sacks in that great cup game. They didn't pressure, didn't get much pressure on the front. So, you know what? Toronto, they're a good team. So give them credit. And uh, uh, now are they as good as that score indicated last week? No, I think if, you know what? Vernon Adams only throws two picks. I think they went. I think BC went to close one by one or you know by a field goal or something like that. So, yeah, I. You know, at the end of the day, you know what? In 15 weeks or whenever the season ends in November, the, the, these three teams are going to be there and they'll settle it in November. Mm-hmm. So, whatever happens until then, and you know there'll be ups and downs, and those three teams will be there and they'll figure it out. They'll decide yeah. it in November. The absolute most pathetic thing about this entire deal, BC and Toronto do not play again this season. Yeah. In a nine-team league, 21 weeks, 18 games, you should play each team twice and a couple extra games. BC does not play Toronto again. We have to listen to those fucking Argo fans for the next – 18 weeks until somebody beats well, them in the playoffs. But it's Hopefully. the East teams whining, but it's the East teams whining that they want, they don't want to travel or that's their excuse. It's because they don't want to get the shit kicked out of them. Usually coming to the West. I mean, so it, it is a joke. I think uh, what Hamilton's not going to Calgary this year. Like they're missing marquee matchups. Like Bowley by Mitchell wasn't coming to Calgary. Um, I think, Winnipeg only sees Toronto once this year, but we'll see Ottawa, Montreal six times. Like who wants to see that? Oh yeah, Toronto, yeah, and Hamilton, it's, 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 Toronto and Hamilton, Hamilton and Ottawa. Yeah, 
Yeah, like Montreal and Hamilton. It, 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 this yeah. schedule is disgusting. They got to fix this stupid schedule. Oh. The East, the East team. You. I mean, the East team. They whine. If, if you can't, if you can't play each team twice in one season, you just have to do it. William, did you get to see this football game? Did you get to see any football games this week? Oh, yes, I got to see that football game. It was a very glorious three hours for me, okay? I really enjoyed it. It was special. It was special, okay? You're an, um, you're an there's asshole. No, there's, nothing, there's nothing I enjoy more than seeing a BC team get fucking stomped on, okay? And you know what? I'm, uh, I, I, we, and we'll never know because they'll never tell us, okay? I look at a guy like that who, who threw six picks and don't tell me it was all his fault, okay? I, I wonder how many missed assignments there were. I also wonder, I mean, their offensive line sucked to be honest with you. Vernon Adams was running for his life, okay? And I wonder how many receivers didn't didn't run the right routes on a couple of those plays. I mean, six interceptions is pretty much a lot, okay? So I'm not sure it was all his fault. I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's still the best quarterback that BC... He's still the best quarterback BC's got by far and away, okay? So that is a that is a game... You don't even look at the game film. You throw it away, and you start over again Monday morning. And that's what BC has to do. Because, you know what, they weren't good on special teams either. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah he threw picks, and, and Toronto was starting from their 50-yard line. But if your defense is good, cowboy the fuck up and, and stop them. It's that simple. You got you to gotta take advantage of what somebody gives you. And if that's what they give you, then you got to stop them. That simple. So I, I give Toronto all credit for winning that game. And, you know, we can say woulda, shoulda, coulda, but it's not going to happen. They lost the game. BC just throws it in the garbage and moves on. It's that simple. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. They're still three and one, and they're, in the top, they're at the top of the West. So... There you go. The, the, the sad thing, I, I mean, a couple of things is I, I really wish like BC played them again in another week or two because I, I doubt oh, I oh, doubt the oh, results would be the same. Oh, sorry, I, I really Christopher. Do. There was, there, Christopher, there was nothing sad about that game at all. Okay, that oh, game was yeah. fantastic. No, there is. Okay, especially 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 when you get beat by a team who's wearing those disgusting powder blue fucking uniforms that are just horrible and you got beat by them. You you should be you should quit the CFL forever. Okay? Just say it. <laughs> Anyways. There's nothing uh, yeah, I mean yeah. when you see when you see a team come out dressed in those uniforms it puts no fear in anybody whatsoever, okay? It's like did you, you get a discount? Just, you just, did you get a discount on that color or something? Is that why you picked that color? Come on. They look like the blue Eddie. leisure suit that Cousin Eddie's wearing in Christmas Vacation for crying out loud. Charles, you just hit the nail right on the head. 
Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I you just want to order a round of Bud Light. Well, that's the only thing that I can think of with those beautiful powder blue, baby blue suits, you know? <laughs> Dead silence. Okay. Um, so let's yeah. uh, finish this one up and let's put it in the books because it's time to move on because I I can't talk about this game anymore. It was just uh, Toronto 45, BC 24. You know, and that's not even a beatdown considering they got six interceptions. It wasn't. No. Not, it wasn't a great game, but it was definitely not. 69 points total. Charles, you took BC. You got zeros. Will, you took Toronto. You got 108 points. You were close. CJ took BC. He got zeros. Rudy took BC. He got four points. Okay, so that's the end of that. Let's uh, move on. So the standings for this year after week four, uh, or in week four, CJ got 124 points. Charles got 108. Rudy got 104. And Will picked up the, the lead here with 220 points. So the total st- Standings after four weeks of 2023 football season is CJ's at 1124. Charles is right behind at 1102, 22 points back. Rudy is at 806, and Will is climbing the ladder quick at 712. Okay, so that's where we are there. Let's get over to this week's games. We're not gonna. We're gonna ignore last week. It was three terrible football games, and we're just gonna move forward and, and carry on. I, I, again, have I, did I say anything about how much I hate Monday football games? Why do they play football on Monday? That is the fucking most ridiculous, stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. Why aren't we playing football on Friday and Saturday nights the way it should be? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Uh, yes, I know it was a long weekend, but who the fuck cares? The first game up this week is the Edmonton Elks in Saskatchewan. They're going to Regina to play the Rough Riders. Mm, this one's a tough one. Not. Charles, I'll let you go first. You're going to pick uh, Saskatchewan or Edmonton, and uh, what is your total point score for the game? Talk about this game, please. Who's going to win this? What do you think is going to happen? Charles? Is anybody Sorry about that. I had actually, sorry about that. Oh. I had actually hit the mute button. So uh, I actually okay. hate that I have to do this because I hate uh, picking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at any time because I don't like the Riders and I don't like their franchise and blah, blah, blah. But there ain't any way in living hell that I'm going to pick uh, Edmonton to beat anybody. They could be playing a freaking Adam team, uh, a junior football team. There's no way I would be picking them because they're a, an absolute tire fire right now. They just got crushed by Ottawa. Yes, <laughs> by Ottawa. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry, I, I don't like Pitt. I don't. I mean, Taylor Cornelius is back. That's not any reason to get excited for anything. Um, 
I I don't want to do this, but I got to pick Saskatchewan because, quite frankly, they're about. Uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not picking uh, Edmonton right now. Uh, I don't care who they're playing or what. Uh, it's just not going to happen because, quite frankly, uh, Edmonton can't beat anyone right now. Not until they show me they can actually beat someone. I can't pick them. I'm not picking Taylor Cornelius. Trevor Harris is a better quarterback. Say what you want about Trevor Harris. He's a way better quarterback than Taylor, Taylor Cornelius. I got to pick uh, Saskatchewan in this one. I think this one could be lower scoring, so I'm going to pick Saskatchewan 37 points. Okay. Um, Rudy. Um, you know what? It'll be close. Saskatchewan will probably win by three touchdowns. Um, that's close for Edmonton. I'll say Saskatchewan 45. I just don't see any way Edmonton can can go into Saskatchewan and win. This isn't saying Saskatchewan's a great team, but they're gonna go win this one. So Saskatchewan 45. Okay, hang on a second here. What did you say, Saskatchewan 45? I got that, okay. Um, Week one, uh, Saskatchewan-Edmonton was 17-13. to The final score was 17-13. to Now, um, one of the things we didn't do here, and uh, William, I'm going to get you to pick your team next, just a second. Drop King betting on Saskatchewan by 7.5 points, 42.5 is the over-under. And uh, CFL pick'em trends right now are Saskatchewan at 96%. Okay, William, what do you got for this one? Can you go? It, 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 the two green teams—they're both green. Fuck! Uh, I've picked Edmonton three times this year, and they've lost all three times. I hate picking Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah, you know what? I've said numerous times I'll never pick Saskatchewan. i got to stick with that. I'm going to go Edmonton 39. You know what? I hope you're right. Edmonton 39. CJ is going to go with Saskatchewan. I just absolutely can't believe that I'm doing this. Uh, but I'm going to pick Saskatchewan, and uh, I'm going to go 42, 42 points. The Taylor Cornelius, why don't they just put Trey Ford in? And you know they've lost four games. What are they you know, going to lose another game? Big deal. Let's see what Trey Ford can do. Uh, Calgary Stampeders are visiting. IG Field in Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. Uh, it's an interesting matchup. I don't know what's going on here. Winnipeg is not pay- playing up to their position. Neither is Calgary. But they're both... Uh, Calgary is not playing a little bit worse than Winnipeg is. A little bit worse? Is this possible? I don't know. William. Winnipeg and Calgary. Calgary into Winnipeg. You're the Calgary Stampeder fan. What are you going to do here? Are you picking the Stamps? Um, 
you know, I, I think Calgary is a weaker team this year because they did. They played Winnipeg three times last year, lost all three times, but every game was close. Is that correct, Rudy? Am I correct on that? Score-wise, yeah. I think all three yeah, games they were, were they're close all last year. Yeah, they're so except so, um, but Winnipeg Calgary's not quite as good as they were last year, I don't think. But they have brought in Mark and Michelle, and you guys are saying, "Who the fuck is that?" So I'll just leave that alone. Um, and uh, what's his name? Um, come on, Reggie Bigleton is off the sixth game. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's off the sixth game. So, fuck. Yeah, let's go uh, Calgary 42. 42? Yes. Is that what you said? Okay, Calgary 42. Okay. Okay, so sorry, I I meant to do this first. Uh, uh, DraftKings betting odds are Winnipeg by eight and a half with the over-under of 46.5. The CFL pick'em trend is Winnipeg 95, Calgary 5%. Okay, so you're taking Calgary at 42. Rudy, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Calgary Stampeders. The last time I think Winnipeg was eight and a half point favorites over Calgary was uh, when Matt Dunnigan was coaching Calgary. And then before that, Maybe Jack Goda was coach. <laughs> they were playing Dieter Brock's Bombers. Might have been the last time Calgary at Winnipeg was that big of a favorite. But uh, I'll go uh, Winnipeg's going to break out. Uh, I think you'll see the a better offensive show. Uh, I'll say Winnipeg 61. 6 0? 6 1. 6 1. Okay, yeah. 61. Okay. Charles? Yeah. Uh, well, Jake, um, Jake, Jake Mayer. Jake Mayer is going to come out and light it on fire. Yeah, sure he is. <laughs> um, burn to the ground. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, uh, Winnipeg is not the team they were. At least they're not playing like the team they've been that we've seen for the last three years, but Boy, they haven't had as much of a fall as the Calgary Stampeders have. Calgary Stampeders have not been a good football team. So much so that they brought in freaking Mark and Michelle as a receiver. He hasn't played in three years. So that tells you about the state of the Calgary Stampeders receiving core. So you've got Charles, Jake Charles, Mayer already Charles, not. Charles, you're wrong. Yes. You're wrong, Charles. You're wrong. What? You're wrong, Charles. He hasn't played in four years. Get it right. Okay, four years. That's so what I that thought. makes it worse. That's what I thought, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's four years he hasn't played. So, yeah, that makes it worse. So, um, not exactly a uh, – when Jake Mayer is not exactly, as in my estimation, a top-line quarterback. And then when you're using receivers – uh, that haven't played uh, since 2019. And you're going up against the Bombers. Yeah, I know the Bombers haven't played well, but, I mean, come on. I, there's no way I could pick Calgary in this game. It doesn't make any sense. 
Calgary's not playing well to begin with, and they're just getting injury after injury. It's a bad year for Calgary. They haven't had one in ages, but this is not a good year for them, and it's not going to get any better this week. I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned. i got to go with uh, Calgary to win this one. Or, excuse me, Winnipeg to win this one. Uh, I'm going to say it'll be uh, 44 points. Almost a slip of the tongue there. Jesus. Yeah, no, it was a slip of the tongue. Definitely was. Uh, yeah, I think you're, you're you're right on all grounds there. Winnipeg is not a shadow of the team they were before, but Calgary is worse. Uh, once a dominant team in this league, and it's not doing it right now. Uh, I'm going to take the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and and I'm going to go with 54 points. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game between these two. Okay, the third game this week uh, is the Ottawa Red Blacks going to Hamilton to play the Ticats in Tim Bitfield. Uh, this uh, DraftKings has Hamilton by three with an over-under of 43. Ottawa is 67% favorite on the Pickham trend, Hamilton at 33. So they're going, the, the Pickhams are going against DraftKings. Now, they're going to start Jeremiah Mazzoli in this game, and we're going to talk about him in a bit. But how, how do you expect a quarterback that hasn't played in a year, didn't have training camp, didn't have preseason, hasn't had any real-time snaps in over a year, and you're going to throw him in against the Ticats, who – are supposed to have a pretty good defense. At least they bought one. I haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, they, they – uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. This, this game's a, toy, a coin flip for me. But we're not going to do that. I'm going to take the Ottawa Red Blacks on this game, and I'm going to take it and, and put it at 33 points for the game, 33 points. Rudy, Red Blacks into Ticat country. You know what? Cat's going to do anything? I think Ottawa's riding high from last week. I'm a little bit worried about Mazzoli, but I think Mazzoli has a lot to prove here, so I think on adrenaline alone, I think he'll get it done. And, uh, in Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton's in disarray right now, so uh, I think I'll go uh, Ottawa. I'll go Ottawa 40. William. Yes. Fuck, this is a horrible game to pick. (laughs) It is, though. It's just gross. I've never been a Jeremiah Mazzoli fan, but <laughs> they don't have anybody else to put in there. What are they going to do? Put Arbuckle in again? Are you kidding me? No. Shit. Shit. And I'm not a big. I think Matt Jeremiah Schiff. Mazzoli with arm tied behind his back is going to be better than what Hamilton has. I, I, I'm not a big Matt Schlitz fan, but Matt Schlitz no. is tough as 
but Mestitz is tough as fuck. Did you see how hard he got hit in the last Hamilton game? Every chance they got, they pounded him into the ground. I'm surprised he lasted. Oh. Um, fuck. I might as well go for broke this week. Let's go Hamilton 36. Charles, you got the back end mm. on this one. Yeah, Mazzoli back in. Um, yeah, I just hope they're not rushing him back because of injuries. But um, with Mazzoli in, um, this is an interesting one. Uh, Hamilton hasn't shown anything that leads me to believe that they're getting out of their funk this year. You got Matt Schlitz, who is, well, Matt Schlitz against Jeremiah Mazzoli, who hasn't played in over a year. Oh, this is a tough one. But you know what? I think Ottawa is going to take their momentum that they got from beating Edmonton. I know you're going to say who gets momentum for beating Edmonton, but when you're Ottawa and you hadn't won either, you get some sort of momentum from that. And I'm gonna. I think that uh, they're going to win. I think Ottawa's going to make it two in a row. I just I don't like what I've seen from Hamilton this year, and maybe they're going to be somewhat inspired with um, uh, Mazzoli back in the lineup. So I'm going to go with Ottawa to win this one, and I'll say Ottawa 41 points. Copy that. Ottawa Red Blacks 41 points. Okay, the fourth game of this week, DraftKings hat is the BC Lions by seven with the over-under of 45.5. CFL pick'em trends are BC at 88%, Montreal at 12. This is the Montreal Alouettes into BC Place to play the Lions. Now, BC Place historically has been a death zone to Eastern teams, particularly Montreal. And uh, but did, it hasn't did, been as of Rudy, late. Did Rudy go on the Hamilton game? Yeah, he picked Ottawa yeah. forty. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's going to be a challenge for everybody. So uh, no, it's not. Uh, William, you get to go first. Montreal, B.C. Where's it at? B.C., right? Yes. It's in B.C. It's Danny Machocha against Rick Campbell. Wow. Okay. How is this for a matchup? A guy who threw six interceptions last week against Cody Fajardo. (laughs) Those are three big points to put up. Pick your poison. <laughs> There's um, just nothing good about this game. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Vernon Adams is going to be very uh, motivated because it's against his old team. Or he's shell shocked. Is he just ah, shell shocked? Is he just out there? Is he going to be afraid to throw the ball? No, if he's. If he's much of a veteran as I think he is, he's gonna wanna he's gonna wanna come back in a big, big way. 
Okay, and his yeah. defense, his defense and his offensive line should back him up big time. Shit. His his defense didn't do a bad job last game. His O line sucked. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Fuck. I can't believe. No. No, I just can't do this. I just can't do this. I hate Cody Fajardo. And I hate Danny Machocha. Okay, BC forty-seven. Will takes BC at forty-seven. That was the exact number I wanted. Rudy, you go. Hopefully, BC. BC is gonna beat them badly. I think Montreal's not that good. Uh, they're gonna. I'll say BC fifty. BC fifty. Did you see the last BC Toronto game? You're saying that Montreal's not very good. Okay, Charles, go ahead. Well, I've always picked BC even when they were like five and thirteen. So I sure as hell I'm not gonna bet against them now. And I'm not gonna pick a teen quarterback by Cody Fajardo. I, I know better than that. Um, I really think we're going to see a bounce back. I really hope we're going to see a bounce back, but I think they will. Uh, I know this defense is, wants to go out and make a statement after last week. I think um, uh, certainly um, Vernon Adams wants to um, make uh, kind of amends from last week. Uh, I don't think he wants to have two bad weeks. And I think the team as a whole wants to redeem itself. They lost last week, and, yeah, we say what you want about the six uh, interceptions uh, by Vernon Adams. Overall, they're a better team than what they showed last week. I think they were a little bit embarrassed at how that went out, and they're going to come back and want to play a much stronger game, and I think they are going to win a much stronger game. So I think BC's going to win this one. Surprise, surprise, but I really do think they're going to win. I'm going to go with BC 45 points. 45. Okay. Uh, CJ is going to take the BC Lions. Now, my problem here is, you know, everybody says that Vernon Adams is going to have a bounce-back game after six interceptions. He could. He could very well. I would be embarrassed about that game. I would pick it up. I'd wrap it up, throw it in the garbage, and not ever think about it again and move forward knowing that I am a better football player than that, okay? But if you saw the look on his face on the sidelines – and the despair that he was that was emanating out of him, that game is a career killer. Some people can't come back from that. Is he mentally strong enough to come back from that? Will, you said he's been in the league for seven years. Yeah, he should be mentally strong enough to throw that one away and come back. I don't know. Or, or that, that was Adams a rough game. Quite, if Vernon Adams isn't quite sure about passing the ball, then he runs it for 250 yards, which he is more than capable of doing, okay? Yeah, he but is. Yeah, I think, a, didn't the running back, Wizzle or whatever, get get injured? I don't know. I'm talking about not the running back. I'm talking no, about healthy. Vernon Adams. I'm talking about Vernon Adams. Run the fucking ball. Okay? When oh, in doubt, run the I ball. Know. 
And and yeah. I don't know why again, he didn't I do still, it against Toronto. I, I why still, did he tuck the ball I, and run? I personally think Vernon Adams is more effective when he's doing both. Yes, but he also gets All hurt. Right? Because it seems that guys can't stay with him when he runs. But he gets hurt. He missed games so, in Montreal, significant time in Montreal. So running the ball yeah, has confidence. He's a, he's, a, he's a football player. He gets hurt. It's that simple. Well, then BC should be playing Dan Evans a little bit. <laughs> Get him in there okay. in the fourth quarter. So, uh, I got a pick here, guys, before Sparky has a fit. Um, I'm going with BC, and I'm going high at 52, okay? I think BC's going to have a big, 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 big comeback game here, and they're going to make a huge statement game, and uh, they're going to destroy Montreal, my belief, maybe. Okay, enough of that bullshit. Let's get over to the agenda and uh, go uh, up and down, and what do we got uh, week four reviews. I, you know, my iPad doesn't do this anymore. I don't know what to say. Um, maybe I can get them over here. Let's go over to CFL.C. That's where I am. Go to news, headlines, headlines. Okay, where are we? You wanted Matthew? Sh- no, who was it? Tom Landry, Landry. No, that that was a coach of Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it on a different iPad here. Power rankings. Oh, those were fun, weren't they, this week? Okay, here it is. Landry's takeaways. Five takeaways from week four. Once again, please adjust your power rankings accordingly. Last week I wrote power rankings would most definitely have the BC Lions at the top of the heap after they rolled over the winter net. Anyhow, shut up. Um, sigh of relief and anguished cry. Auto on Edmonton. Ah, this, this is garbage. We're just going to throw this away. Um, we did Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Calgary, Ottawa, Hamilton, Montreal, and BC. Ottawa Red Blacks have named Jeremiah Mazzoli their starting quarterback versus the Ticats. This guy is coming back after not having a meaningful snap in a football game for over a year. No training camp, no preseason, no warm-up, no let's come in and do the fourth quarter for a little bit of a game. He literally is getting thrown, just getting thrown to the, to the Ticats, just thrown to the Tigers. This is like going to be like a gladiator. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of scary. It, it would be for me, although, you know, Jeremiah, Will doesn't like this guy. I've never been a Jeremiah Mazzoli fan. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. If you're banking your entire season on this guy, you're not going to do very well. Ottawa just needs some wins. Are they capable of coming back with Jeremiah Mazzoli? Is he going to... Is this going to lift the entire team? Is this what the team needs to focus themselves and, and, and lift themselves to the next echelon uh, in the football realm? Or are we just going to see Ottawa, Edmonton, and Hamilton down at the bottom forever and ever and ever? Charles. No, I think they're showing signs of getting better. No, I'm not saying it's just because of Mazzoli. I think they played well last week uh, without Mazzoli. 
So I don't think they're going to be at the bottom of ever. I think they're going to start the showing. I'm, I'm not picking them to win the East or anything, but I think they're going to be more uh, win some more games uh, than what we've seen personally. Okay. That's it. There's not nothing more. You can't elaborate on that. Well, I just think you know they had a new coach. They had a lot of turnover. Uh, I think that Bob Dice is a type of coach that players like to play for, that want to play for, want to do well for. And, yeah, they've got off to a slow start this year. But, I mean, it's we're like Will saying, it's early. Teams can still turn things around. And, uh, you know, uh, new coach, new players, new systems, uh, you know, it takes some time. So, yeah, I think that um, it's still early enough, only being, what, week four, week five, uh, that they have time to turn things around. They don't have to be. Um, they don't have to rush through it. They don't have to uh, make it like super uh, fast. I mean, it's a process. But I think the process, as we go along, is going to get better. And if Mazzoli can come in and he can play up to at least the form he's shown uh, at when he's at his best, yeah, I think they can definitely win some games. Okay. William, you're you're a big Mazzoli fan. This is a good yeah, thing, right? Yeah, okay. So, so you know, guys, you know that I think about things long and hard, okay? And I am thinking yeah. that that somebody in the Ottawa organization was caught fucking a goat. That's why Jeremiah Mazzoli is <laughs> going to be the starter. Okay? Because hey, no, uh, that's not he's not no, a good that's football not right. player. He's not a good he's not a good quarterback. Never has been a good quarterback. And if you're if you're saying your team is going to get better with Jeremiah Mazzoli and that's what you're counting on, you might as well just forfeit the rest of the year and uh, pack the season in because you're not going to do anything because he's not a good quarterback. And on top of that, I'll give him, even if he does play well, I'll give him two or three weeks before he gets injured again. So, okay. injury well, prone. Well, that's he's the one thing that he has shown to be injury prone. Yes, he's had major okay, injuries auto, auto, three or four years. Ottawa, yeah, that, that last one was no fault of his. Um, the Ottawa Red Blacks had three quarterbacks, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Nick Arbuckle, and Tyree Adams. Tyree Adams, Adams is now gone is for gone, the year. He's gone for the year with an ACL injury. He's done. Does he ever come back to the CFL? Nobody knows. This could be career-ending for somebody who never got his career started. He's gone. It's done. So now you have a choice. Nick Arbuckle or Jeremiah Mazzoli. Answer me honestly, Will. Who are you going to put as a starter? Well, after after what uh, Nick Arbuckle has showed this year, Jeremiah Mazzoli. I you mean, have no choice. Uh, you, 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 you have to put Mazzoli in. You have no choice. 
And uh, like I said, if you're depending on Mazzoli and you have Nick Airbuckle as the backup, your season's fucked. And on top of that, Toronto's already clinched first place in the East. So. So, just on the side note here, um, CFL finds Edmonton defensive lineman Jake Serezna maximum amount for a low hit on quarterback Tyree Adams. The hit resulted in Adams suffering his ACL injury. Now, this guy seems to be a very good beast-like defensive lineman that everybody would want on his team. But every game he does something stupid. Week one, he got a, he, a quarterback sack, so he does a somersault roll and takes out one of the officials. 15-yard penalty. The next mm-hmm. game, he gets a sack with a face mask. 15-yard penalty. It just everything that this guy he, he's he reminds me a lot of um, oh god, what was that? Mika Awe when he first came to BC. He was absolutely amazing. He, I, I, I looked at him, I watched him, I thought he was the next Cam Wake. He just had so much enthusiasm, so much momentum, so much everything. But everything he did was stupid. He took penalty after penalty after penalty, and eventually it just, Wally had enough, and he was gone. Is this guy the same? Because he just looks like an amazing football player that does bonehead things. I'd give him a few more games for you. Oh, definitely give him a few more games. You have to. You know what? But, I, I, I've been what? watching Nika Awe in Calgary this year, and he's yeah. an awesome football player. He's Some an amazing are... football player. And and I he is. He's got penalties. I think he's gotten mature, and he's not taking the stupid penalties anymore. Right. Because it's usually but something. How long has usually, it taken? It's usually, well, no, but it's usually something you can't do in Calgary. Because if you do it, you don't play. So, but, but how long has it been for him to mature? It's been it's got to be eight years. Yeah, he's been at least six or eight years, yep. And there's a, reason he bounces, there's a reason he bounces from team to team. Okay, yeah. so maybe that's it. Well, another reason, too, guys don't make the NFL. They go, these guys are just as good as NFL players, but guess what? Sometimes you have to be they – don't, they don't get that chance in the NFL – you know, they get maybe one one of those and they're cut. So, I mean, I mean, but as for Mazzoli, I think he'll he'll do all right. He did throw for five thousand yards in, in Hamilton in two thousand eighteen, so he can't be that bad. I think injuries and I mean, he's capable. If you go but back and look at Jeremiah Mazzoli's stats since he entered the league. He hasn't completed the season. His stats uh, are as bad as that Caleros. I think 2018 he did, but yeah, but it, obviously that knee now is that knee's a, a big concern because there's no way that's ever going to be 100. percent So, 
we'll see what it how it holds up. I mean, I think it, that could he might not last the game. That could be his career. If he goes, if that doesn't hold up, that'll be the end of Mazzoli. Well, I said that when the accident didn't happen or when the injury happened. It wasn't an accident. When the injury happened, I said that's the end of his career. It's over. He's too old. He's not going to recover from it. This is a severe injury. He's he's not going to make it back. And then he didn't show up at the beginning of the season. And the same thing again, I'm going, it's career ending. It, it, he, it's a waste. And now well, all of a sudden they've had, announced him as a starter. And I'm going, is this absolute desperation on Ottawa's part to have a quarterback that's not Nick Carbuckle? What is it? I don't know. But I don't think Jeremiah Mazzoli should be playing football again. If he gets hurt again, he's not walking for the rest of his life. It, it's it's going to be a mess. Nobody wants to see that. It's a tough one. Charles, did you go on Mazzoli here, or do you want to move on? Uh I, I did pretty much. I mean, I didn't really go, but I kind of echo all the things that you you guys have been saying. Uh, although I still think that, uh, honestly, I think that Mazzoli could still have some football left into him. So I'm not ready to write him off yet. No, eh? He was a okay. He was a fingertip away from being no. a breakup hero. Don't forget yeah. that fingernail away from being. The Hamilton starter in 2022. So, funny game. I don't know. Okay, let's move on. Eight ways the CFL fans feel later leadership is failing them. Wow, really? Okay, this is a three-down... Nation article by Matthew Ross, who I don't know who is. And social media can skew the negative. No shit, eh? Grassroots. The policies of the league have always been to leave grassroots promo and community building to the teams. The results of the this negligence has been the in- incredible growth and presence of NFL north of the border. Instead of focusing on the Canadian game, Football Canada has a significant agreement with the NFL in place, and they work closely together. According to a source, Football Canada has broached the CFL many times over the years to do more, but it's fallen on deaf ears. The commissioner is more focused on places like Mexico than on growing the game here at home. If the country's youth grow up on the American game, why would they choose to follow the CFL as they get older? Grassroots football, number one failure. They found eight. He he has eight ways the CFL leadership has failed. I could probably find another 22. uh, Oh, you can find a lot more. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, Technology, the league struggles uh, transitioning to a new statistic system. I've gone over this one. There's absolutely no reason why Such you should have a bad system. I mean, then, then bring up the old one. Bring the old one back. Until you get your shit together and figure out your problems, bring the old one back. The old one works better. better. Way better. Oh, thousand percent better. I mean, right now I wanted to go back and look at some things from last season, and I can't.
It, 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 it's ridiculous. Talking about talking. Yeah. Randy Ambrosi, how, how do you even talk with the pandemic failures? That, the whole thing about the pandemic was in, it was an embarrassment for the CFL. It really showed me how incompetent Randy Ambrosi is. When he goes into a meeting with the Canadian government, and they basically said that he was ill-prepared. If you're doing a presentation, you better do, be able to do a presentation, whether it's an elevator speech or a PowerPoint presentation, whatever it is, you better be good at it. You rehearse it, you write it down, you write it down over and over again, you get your wife to help you with it, you just do it. How do you, not, how do you go into a meeting with the federal government and not be prepared? I want Jeffrey Orridge back. What's he doing? Is he doing anything important? Okay, the next one. So that's that's four so far. They failed grassroots. They failed in technology. The talking the talk. Uh, what is this talking the talk about? The uniqueness rules when Randy Ambrosi publicly began talking about talks with the N- oh yeah XFL. That was just stupid. Pandemic failures. Broadcasting. The new broadcasting deal was with. CBS is garbage. Everybody thought it was really good. It's not. I mean, CBS is so low, so far down on the totem pole. It's ridiculous. The coaching cap or salary cap. There you go. That's another dumb shit thing. Tenth team and missed opportunities. Oh, yeah. Well, this is – I can't blame this one on him, although it's kind of – you can. Fans are still – pissed off that the CFL couldn't figure out a way to broadcast its combines this spring, not even on Facebook or Instagram Live or or something like this. Are there really people that pissed off at that? I don't know. I I, I wouldn't watch the combines if it was. I was was pissed off for months that I couldn't watch it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you will, Will. You, you were pissed well, off for what four or five seconds, and that was about it. And I and, and that might be a push. That might be just too long. No, no, no. My question almost was: Was is there enough Canadian talent to have a combine? Oh, did I say that? Whoops. Well, no. I think they they did. Uh, I think they bring in U.S. players for that too. I think. No, they don't. I don't think so. Don't they? I thought they did draft. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it's all draft Yeah. I mean, the tenth team—that's when every commissioner that's gone nowhere with. I mean, since 1979. So. Yeah, but ever. But we've been hearing from Ambrosi for so long about this Halifax, Halifax, Halifax. It just doesn't seem to get anywhere. Well, he shouldn't be talking about it. If that's the issue, he's probably talking about something that isn't going to happen, but he's trying to probably, you know, drag us along and thinking I, that we're... Uh, I was literally you know in the room. I was literally in the room when they had this big announcement. They had Randy and Brosy. They had all of these Halifax sports group people. And they get up into the front and said the new team is going to be called the... Atlantic schooners and everybody cheered and uh, 
I'm looking around the room. I'm like, well, they don't have a stadium yet or anything. So what? Uh, what exactly are we announcing? That was four years ago, and they haven't gotten yeah. anywhere since then. Well, that guy took the seat money and left. That guy took the deposits and left. Pounds. Fifty bucks a seat. Yeah, I was at that meeting with Charles. Randy well, and that was like great after that meeting. Oh, that was at the Grey Cup. I was at the other was a, one. That was a different you know, one. The BC Lions one? Yeah, the one at the Lions yeah. office. I don't know which one you're talking about. Yeah, Randy Ambrosi didn't like me when we left. I was going to say, he didn't like you very much. No, he did not because like you me were the one that, that You were the one there in that meeting, though, that was, like, actually asking good uh, questions. You, it wasn't all a bunch of softball questions. You were asking legitimate questions that, you know, he should be answering. Well, everybody yeah, was calling rainbows and unicorns. That's the last part he wants to answer. You know, until someone, so. until someone writes a check, it's a dead issue in, in Halifax or a lot to Canada. Why don't they just, you know, to me, personally, I believe in doing things, making things happen. If I'm going to say I'm going to do this, I go and do it, okay? But I'm more likely to do it and then say, hey, look what I did. I would rather Randy Ambrosi did that. Go give us a tenth team and then say, hey, they're going to start football next year or the year after. This, here's the owners. Here's the stadium plan. Here's this. This is, it. this is the production schedule. This is the construction schedule. This is everything, right? And, okay, well, we've got a tenth team coming. Awesome. We knew when Ottawa was entering the, the league. We knew it, right? There wasn't a whole big fanfare about, oh, we want to get a team in Ottawa. We want to get a team in Ottawa. We didn't. We, we had a team in Ottawa. All of a sudden, there was these guys with money, and they have a renovated stadium, and they're going to bring a football team back. And it was just like, okay, it's going to take them two years to get their shit together and get a team on the field. Let's plan for it. It was, it was the absolute blueprint of how to expand in the CFL. Ottawa Red Blacks was flawless in their execution. Because yeah. you had to ownership. But if you ask me, the CFL is closer to eight teams than ten teams at the moment. I think we're closer to losing the game. Lose? Than the team. I don't think we're going to lose Edmonton. Not yet. I'm not saying overnight, but uh, I mean, eventually. What if, like Toronto, if you know MLS, he walks away from Toronto, that could be an issue. Uh, Montreal, if that, I mean, that's looking good, but hopefully Montreal can, you know, win some games and keep and keep interest alive there. Because if that goes the other way, which it has in the past, that would be the likely candidate. So. I would well, say I, I don't. I honestly, I think I, I think we're we're fairly. The league is fairly stable. Not happy about the attendance numbers straight across the board. Yeah. But I think that that's that's not just this league. That is every league. It is. Edmonton's that's, kind of concerning. That's, that's baseball, basketball, lacrosse, football. 
soccer, everything, everything is down. Nothing is growing at this point in time. Yeah. I think so, it's uh, Edmonton. Yeah. I know Edmonton's concerning, but I think if they finally figure it out and turn it around and start to win, I think the fans will start coming back. I think they're just getting oh, pissed because they haven't seen a home win in four years. I think maybe when a couple games will, at home, you'll start seeing them show up. You blame them? But I don't. I don't think you're going to see thirty thousand again there for a long time. Even with a few winning seasons, you'll you'll get the odd crowds over thirty thousand when they give away a bunch of tickets. But I think it's going to take a while to build that fan base all the way back. And it's there. Yeah, you're not going to do it overnight. It's gonna. It would be a lot easier to rebuild that fan base in Edmonton than it's to rebuild the fan base in Toronto or Vancouver, and we're proving that. Right? I mean, you can't. I, you, they, they can't the rebuild signed. the fan base in Toronto. It's just not happening. At least the fans seemed kind of loud. Okay. Like the, the fans that were the fans that were there were like on TV. It's I'm not there piping sound in, I, I, but the fans seemed into it. At least it was had some atmosphere in, in Toronto on on Monday. Rudy, they won a fucking Grey <laughs> Cup and they had twelve thousand people in attendance. <laughs> well, that's but we knew that was going to happen. No one's surprised by that. God, they no, even, they, they won the Grey Cup in two thousand and twelve, and 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 the next year their their season tickets went down. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they've ever done a poll in Toronto. I'd love to see a poll in Toronto. And the poll would be how many people actually know that the Argonauts won the Grey Cup last year. I bet you it's less than 50%. Toronto has an amazing amount of fans. They really do. They just don't go to the game. They do pretty well in TV ratings. They're they're amazing in their TV ratings, and there's a lot to watch in Toronto. So it's not well, like Saskatchewan where you uh, still got three channels. I was gonna say, is I it mean, just a pain in the ass? Is it just a pain in the ass to get to football games? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's probably not easy. It is. It's and don't forget your Blue Jays when the Blue Jays are playing. 80 games a year, right? They have fans going to those games. I mean, it's a lot to go, you know, go there night after night. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got three major sports to deal with, right? So it's tough. They're in a tough market. Mm-hmm. Okay, hang on. I'm, I'm trying to find... Trying to find it. Monday, no, going back. No, Monday? You guys talk a lot on this thing, okay? And it's Sparky and Rudy. Like, you guys need to get a a room or something. I'm scrolling back through our chat so that I can see the agenda from the last week because there was a couple of good things that we had missed. Yeah, you know what? Uh, what I was trying to remember what we wanted to put back on there today. Quan Quan Bray, did you see that? The the wide receiver in Ottawa got Mm -hmm. uh, 
arrested for sexual assault. He's gone. I was actually very glad they to really see that right away the next morning, Ottawa cut him right away. Yeah. They took action. Okay, right. so I'm, I'm back in the agenda from before, and it was Randy Ambrosi not concerned about the Cal- Calgary Stampeders organization, but ha- they have some work to do. And then uh, developing next generation of quarterback talent front and center issue for CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. It's not his job. And Bombers bring back quarterback Dakota Prukop and re- release... Tyrell Pigrome. The p- Piggy's gone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there there was nothing really. I like the I just to, of his name. It was just, yeah. It, it's these two articles well, on uh, Three Down Nation about Randy Ambrosi, so I don't think we really need to do that. What was he talking about? But yeah, Calgary, I, I was, was impressed. He, what was he trying to say about Calgary needing work? Like, I don't know what he was. What was he Regarding what? Ambrosi. Well, well, the, the, the article's gone. I don't have access to it. Okay. But it just—it was just all about the uh, how Calgary is a is a shadow of what they once were, and they are. They're they're not the way that they were. Well, I mean, yeah, no, how, how far how far are they away? Like they had they had, they had twenty three thousand their last game, did they not? So that's, I mean, those Thursday night games are the worst for attendance. I mean, that's been proven. So Thursday night games suck. Okay, so here's the article yeah. by John Hodge. John Hodge should only write about the stamp or the Blue Bombers because he knows shit all about the rest of the league. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrose isn't concerned about the health of the Calgary Stampeders, though he recognizes the organization is trending down at a time in which other franchises are turning the corner coming out of COVID-19 pandemic. I don't have any concerns about the marketplace, but Calgary Sports and Entertainment, uh, Governor John Bean, uh, and Jay McNeil and John Huffnagel would say they feel like they've got some work to do. And Brosie said last week in Winnipeg, what they really did feel that COVID years in 20 and 2021 really did have impact on them. Calgary's home game against the, the Riders drew a crowd of only 30,000 people. I don't know, 30,000 people sounds pretty good to me. See, see, that doesn't sound all that bad. No. But I think they're making the point is that it should have been more because the 30,000, that's what the writers there, and the writers get a lot of um, get a lot of uh, fans coming into uh, No, I understand. Out of town. I thought it was like 23. I don't think it was 30. Maybe I'm wrong. 30,210. Okay, that's a good crowd. And they said that anyhow, yeah, not much to talk about there. So let's go back to our schedule here or our agenda. Taylor Cornelius, Ed, oh, Edmonton Elks have traded disgruntled linebacker Kevin Francis to the Ottawa Red Blacks. 
Now, what was France's big deal in auto, in 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 Elkland? Well, I remember yeah, another Nazi, season. He signed a former BC guy, right? Yeah, and he signed with Edmonton as a free agent in the off season. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he starts bad-bouncing them and saying, oh, nobody had called them, and he said this, and he said that, and he was pissed off with them, and pretty much within a month or so, said he wanted to trade uh, out of Edmonton right away. Yeah, contract dispute. Never reported to Edmonton and was added to the team suspension list at the start of training camp. He spent last season with the Lions, had a career-high 22 special teams tackles, appeared in 82 CFL regular games and 61 special teams tackles, 18 defensive tackles, and two forced fumbles. 30-year-old Toronto native was a supplemental draft choice of the Riders in 16, North Carolina A&T. Spent three seasons with the club before going to the Red Black. He's been all over the fucking map. Okay. So he signed with the Edmonton Elks for X amount of dollars, and then the Edmonton Elks didn't want to give him that X amount of dollars, or he wanted more, or he demanded more. I don't know what the contract talks. It doesn't say anything about it, but it just says that they didn't get along. So he's gone. Okay, Red Blocks lose promising quarterback Tyree Adams for the rest of the season with an ACL. We pretty much covered that. Montreal, or Bombers Alouettes draw the best single game TV ratings of 2023 as the CFL produces the highest average week. So week four was good for TV attendance. Straight across the board. Hard to argue with that one. Let's see what the numbers were. Doesn't tell us. You would think that if you're going to claim to have the highest ratings that you would at least tell tell us what the ratings were, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I did see a story about that somewhere. I just saw. I just was just at the story. It had no numbers in it. Oh well, uh, I saw the numbers somewhere. Um, Let's see if I can find it. Because I saw someone posted the numbers. Oh, here they are, right here. So the 2023 numbers uh, for this past week here, week four, uh, Edmonton and Ottawa drew 344,700. That's not great, but considering there were two winless teams, not surprising. Saturday, Winnipeg and Montreal got 534,400 on TSN, plus another 200,600 for a total of 735,000 on Saturday. And then on Monday, uh, RDS and TSN combined, 735,000. And then Monday, BC and Toronto got 573000 That's not bad. Half a million. Not bad. 
on a holiday Monday, which is not a normal day, night? I mean, my numbers don't go in there because I'm watching it online. And that's the thing, too, and there's other people that are watching online, and those numbers don't go in there either. So, that so that's you. where it becomes a bit of an it. Pardon me? That does include me, yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's jump over here and see how we're doing. We've got three minutes left in the show. Another minute and a half, we got to sign off. So what are we going to do? That You know, they... The numbers are are not that bad. I'm not disappointed. I'm not enthusiastic about them, but they're still just kind of there. Sparky did post something up kind of neat that we'll touch really quickly here. It's the um, quarterback ratings straight across the board after three games. Cody Vajardo is top of the league with the quarterback efficiency rating of 109.56. Cody Fajardo. Cody Fajardo. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. But if you go down the list, you know, Winnipeg, Zach Kolaris is number two. Uh, Kelly, Chad Kelly, Trevor Harris, Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams' numbers straight across the board are just head and shoulders are better, better than everybody, including interceptions. He's now tied with, uh, in his touchdown-to-interception ratio. It's eight TDs and eight interceptions. That's not good. Those are Darian Durant numbers. I don't want to see those. I want to see more like Zach Caleros' seven touchdowns and two interceptions. That's what I would like to see. We don't see that. Cody Fajardo's got two touchdowns, one interception. That's not so good. Five and three for Trevor Harris. Two and two for Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly's two and two. He's at he's at 100%. Taylor Cornelius is two and two. Matt Schlitz is one and two. That's really bad. They shouldn't count the when it goes off the receiver's chest and it just pops in the air. Those shouldn't go against the quarterback. If he puts it right on the on the money, those should be in a different category. Yeah, well, hard to say. But I mean, VA didn't yeah. have that issue. <laughs> Vernon that Adams wasn't what threw the ball last to week. Toronto. That's I, I I cannot blame any of those things on the receivers. No, I, I'm no. not going to. You know, if you if you don't have an open receiver, tuck the ball and run. That's what Will said, because he's good at it. Fine. You don't want to do that, throw it in the wheel. Throw it into the stands like Anthony Calvillo did. Take the sack like Buck Pierce would do. It did, I don't care what you do. Just don't throw an interception. Don't, don't throw an interception. Maybe 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 less of the Buck Pierce way, because he took some hellacious hits. Maybe a little more bully by Mitchell to throw it away. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Well, like in the last minute, I just noticed that. Next, Holy cow. I, I'm trying to sign off. I'm trying to sign off here, Charles. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 537. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We've got 30 seconds left in the show. I'd like to say goodnight to you. Charles, go ahead. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the game. Talk to you next week. Rudy, go. Good night, everyone. See everybody next week. William? I know you're not going to be here next week, or you're going to try, but say good night now. Good night, everybody. Go, go, stamp, go. <laughs>